The reason people aren't financially free is they don't know what to do and they don't know where to start. I want you to join Joey and I at the Virtual Inner Circle Live April the 4th through the 6th as we share with you the exact answers to those questions. We only do this event one time per year. I don't want you to miss out. Go to westwatwallstreet.com forward slash live and enter promo code podcast. When you're at this event, you're going to get your investor DNA. You're going to get access to up to six different passive income strategies. So you know, leaving this event, exactly what to do, taking our decades of knowledge so that you can start becoming financially free. Go to wealthwhitewallstreet.com forward slash live and enter the promo code podcast. Russ, you sure you want to want to do this intro right now? You look kind of sick. <laughs> I am, man. So, I, you know, I, I've been looking at a house on the lake. I've been admiring, envying. Yeah. Coveting, if you will. Man, what a sin. What a sin. <laughs> this house on the lake. And there, there's a football coach in the state of Alabama who no longer is in the state of Alabama. He's now in the state of Florida. I'll let you do the tie, tie two things together. There. Yeah, put those things together, figure out who that is. And so I knew he was going to be selling his his lake house. I knew it, right? I mean, why does he need a lake house when he's going to be living in Orlando, Florida? He relocated. So I thought, man, here's the deal. We've got to get to a realtor down there who can get in touch with his people, get my people in touch with his people behind the scenes. And let's buy this thing creatively, Joey. We love creative. We we can, you know, in, in finance, they say you can have a price, but you can't have terms, right? Or you, or you, you can have price or you can have terms. You can't have them both. You can't have both. And I wasn't going to give them either. I, you know, I just, <laughs> I was going to give them my terms and my price. Mm. And I, I had a number. I knew it was going to be big. I knew it was going to have to be a bigger number than I really wanted to buy it off. And But never did the, you know, the realtor ever get back to me to tell me that, you know, he got in touch with his people. And so I get a text just a second ago. It's like, I need, I need to know if you're serious. House just came on the market. Sorry. I didn't know it was coming on the market. Let me know if you're serious about it. You're like, dude, I told you it was coming on the market. Like a prophet. So I, I go on and I, I look at the listing online, Joe. Yeah. 8.25 million. Ooh. That's, that's just a smidge over my, my <laughs> buying mark. It's not in your buy box. It's <laughs> just it is a smidge higher than I was looking to spend on a second home at the lake. Man. You'd have to have like a six families go in on that deal and everybody <laughs> lived there at, at some point or another. Well, I was just looking at it. There were six bedrooms. I figured like we could get six small families and we just <laughs> all stay in our own bedroom. It, it is a silly, silly house. I will give it that. It, the the that price is even sillier. The the real estate uh, website calculated the monthly payment on it at twenty eight thousand a month. <laughs> <laughs> That's just dumb. A little bit outside of the budget. Well, today we're talking in the inner circle about or the round table. I'm sorry. Before we get to the inner circle, but we're we're talking about how cash value and long term rentals go together, and I, I hope that you will enjoy. Us making fun of JD and his mustache in this episode as Ooh. much as I, I enjoyed it. Yeah, this is probably going to be one of those rare opportunities because I, I don't think he's going to survive <laughs> with a mustache after today. Not, not a chance, but there's a lot of great takeaways in here. I hope you'll enjoy the episode. Let's belly up. Welcome to the Wealth Without Wall Street podcast. 
your guide to understanding how to get out of the Wall Street rat race and start your own mailbox money lifestyle. Now, don't let these handsome Southern draws fool you. These financial minds are teaching our country to enhance savings, increase cash flow, and create passive income, all without the help of Wall Street. Are you ready to break through? Now here are your hosts, Russ Morgan and Joey Murray. Welcome into the IBC Roundtable, where each week we go deep into your favorite subject, the infinite banking concept. I get the chance to sit around the table with the best hosts and the best coaches in the infinite banking world. I am Russ, the idea guy, Morgan, and to my right is the Italian stallion. He's got the license plate to, to prove it, Mr. Joey Murray. What's up, Joey? Man, thanks for uh, bringing up the license plate. Yeah. It's a sore subject in my house, to be honest with you. Dude, wear that thing with pride. Hey, I do, but um, I also live there with my wife. And she's like, do we have to have that thing of on the back of your car? Like, I'm embarrassed. Of course you did. Of course you did. And to your right, mighty we oak. got the Indiana Joan of Finance, Mr. Downtown Ernie Brown. What's up, Ernie? Russ, hey, man. Glad to be here. Good to see you, man. You ready to talk long-term rentals and cash value life yeah, insurance? Yeah, this be fun. I'm, I'm wondering, as... Those of you who are not able to see this live, if you notice that one of our coaches has grown something on his upper lip, <laughs> I used to call him Mr. Incredible. I now call him the Magnum PI, the private detective for your finances. If you need someone or something looked into, Mr. JD Hill can do it. What's up, JD? I have got <laughs> to grow back the beard immediately if, if my nickname is changing. Um, <laughs> First of all, I, I'm going for a young Tom Selleck, and uh, and I, I feel like I'm close. Uh, but I, I will detective uh, somebody's uh, finances for for IBC for sure, though. No worries, it's not cheap, but I'll do it. I'll do Thank it. Thank you. I mean, somebody had to do it. It is a good. We we've had a good laugh this whole week at that, and I appreciate you wearing it just for those watching today. But let's jump over. We we've got the resident pilot. Mark the Gooch Haraguchi. What's up, Mark? Not much, guys. Just switching up locations. I, uh, I I had to I had to leave the bamboo behind, so now I just have like a lone pine or a couple pines behind me on the wall. So, mm. yeah. I'm, Mark, by the way, the you haven't spent a whole lot of time in the South. I would say those aren't pine trees. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> they are skinny and they are green, but they are not pine trees. <laughs> I, I don't know what they are, but those are not pine trees. <laughs> But thankfully, that's not your expertise. It is, um, you know, dendrology. Is that the the classification of I'm gonna, plants and trees? I'm going to guess you're wrong, but I don't you're know. You're not a right dendrologist? No. I don't know. No? Okay. All right. Back to the subject at hand. Today, what are we talking about, Stallion? We're talking about long-term rentals and how does cash value enhance that? How do we, how do we partner those two things together? How do, how do those things come together? Because obviously in the effort to create passive income, we've got to get our cash values at work. Yes. And one of the most common areas to do that is in the real estate world. And even more common in the real estate world is long-term rentals. That's right. And, and so let's, let's talk about today. How does that come to mind? Or how, how does those two things come together? So when you think cash value life insurance and long-term rentals, Mark, what's the first thoughts that come to your mind? I like being able to, to, to leverage the cash value to come up with the down payment. 
and, and, and not have it work against me. Um, if, if we go back to the very first podcast I did with you guys, I was spinning my wheels trying to save money and then buy and save money and buy. And the problem I was having there was yeah, I, I kept chopping down the tree. That, that tree would grow and then I would just chop it down and then it was, it was done. I got nothing else out of it. So now using this system, I can keep that tree growing while leveraging against it. Was that a pine tree? <laughs> <laughs> or was that a yeah, cedar yeah. tree? <laughs> it, it, it really is a good thing that, that I, I learned to fly airplanes, not grow trees. So. <laughs> That's right. Well, but see, growing cash value is very similar to a tree. I like the analogy. And flying an airplane is very similar too. the more uh, the further you go, the longer it goes, the longer the destination, the more the efficiency um, it gets as you get closer, right? So I, I like that analogy. Ernie, what comes to mind when you're thinking about this subject? Mm, sim similarly, um, maybe a couple examples of, of people that I've helped on a call this week with a guy who wants to get to financial freedom for him. It's the ability to move his family wherever they want to go. He, he really sees the ability to leverage uh, mortgages. And so we're exploring leveraging these policies to accomplish similar things for him. He, he wants the ability to build lots of cash in insurance policy and buy those properties outright. Okay. As compared to the cash he's been building up in his bank account, other people that I've helped, uh, they, they want to do what Mark is adjusted to, and they want to be able to leverage their policy for the down payment. Either way, uh, cash is being spent and we can mitigate that cost of spending cash by doing it through an insurance policy first. Mm, very good. JD. Naturally, what uh, comes to mind for me is food um, mm. because I, I love food uh, a lot like Joey. Speaking my language, bro. Uh, I know. I know. And there is a, there's a gas station down the street uh, from my house. <laughs> and uh, I knew I was going to go here. I had to. Um, they have uh, a Mexican burger. And I was there one time. It's almost every day that I'm there, but I was there one time in particular. Uh, they know me by name, and I was asking him like, "What do you recommend?" And he said the Mexican burger. I'm like, "Dude, I want to try the Mexican burger." Then, and he goes, "But you got to put carnitas on top of it." And I'm like, "Dude, sign me up for some carnitas on top of this Mexican burger." <laughs> and it was unbelievable, just like cash values and long-term rentals, right? Because you're getting the best of 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 American and Mexican all together. Right. And, and, and you're getting the best of all the good things in real estate that you like appreciation, tax benefits, leverage, cash flow. And I get all those same things inside of a life insurance policy as well. So to me, it's kind of like a, um, like a hack, like a game genie, right? It, it allows me to, to do things that I couldn't ordinarily do without, um, you know, without, uh, without the life insurance. Joey, do you know what a carnita is? I do. Absolutely. Uh, you know, pork. Joey does. It's pork, right? It's pork no, that no, is. I, I eat it. I don't know what it is, man. I'm just here to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> I was at a restaurant last night, and the the couple that was with us, the woman got carnitas, and it's like these little fried pieces of pork. That, by the way, she said were delicious. Mm. And I would it agree is. with her. I think I think they're delicious. What, what's the other word for steak at a Mexican restaurant? They they use a carne asada. Kind of sad. Yeah. I, yeah. This is this sidebar conversation, but I, I go I go visit some friends in San Diego, right? And I'm the redneck, clearly. 
and we we're out there part. and we go to this Mexican restaurant. I was like, you know, usually I get, I, I get chicken tonight. I'm going to, I'm going to mix it up. I want to do a little bit different. And my friend's like, well, what do you like? I was like, you know, I pretty much anything but steak, you know, just for whatever reason, red meat doesn't agree with me. Um, and she was like pointing at stuff. And I was like, ah, well, <laughs> I, I'm just going to go with the, uh, uh, the, the fajitas, uh, the carne sata. <laughs> she was like, what? And so when it comes, I'm like, wait, this is steak. She goes, yeah, I was wondering why you ordered that. I was like, well, it had a fancy name. I didn't know steak steak, you know? Yeah. Right. Joey, That's awesome. that has nothing to do with our conversation today. Joey, we were on yes. a call the other day. We were asked to kind of speak into a long-term rental group um, conversation, a, kind of a coaching group. And we were talking about how does cash value life insurance enhance and improve someone buying long-term rentals. What were some of those points that we shared? Well, there's a lot of them, um, but I think just from the, the, to kind of piggyback off of what Mark was talking about is if you think about the benefits of that cash constantly growing, it's gonna put you in position to be able to buy more properties with the same dollar, right? Over the long term, it's not gonna happen over the first three or four or five years. But over a long game, and this is what real estate investing is, you, you compare that with life insurance and having that cash value constantly growing, you're going to be that much farther ahead. And like Russ, we've shared on the show before, your own how national policy you shared before has got now at 10 or 11 years in, you put in a dollar, it kicks off $2. At, at the very beginning, you were behind. Now you're way ahead and it's just going to continue to snowball from there. So your position is you can, you can increase your portfolio that much faster. Yeah. I, I think also one of the things that we found that most real estate investors really love about this, and you guys can, can probably speak to more examples, is the fact that one, there are, there are no loan paperwork in regards to like mortgages and other things that you have to do. You don't have to fill out all of that. Like that's, that's a game changer because when you're investing in real estate, the last thing um, you want is more paperwork. You, the The speed at which you can uh, do business allows you to actually get deals and sometimes even in the opposite situation, not get deals. And I think the other part of it is the, the unstructured repayments. And if you've never taken a loan from an insurance company, you don't understand what we're talking about. But let me, let me break that down for you. Is that when we take a loan against our insurance policy, we do not we do not have to make a monthly repayment. So there's several things that goes along with that. One, it doesn't go on my credit score. So when I'm trying to get other loans, right, and they, that, that doesn't affect my debt to income ratio. But also because I don't have that actual monthly requirement, that payment requirement, it might allow me if I'm doing a flip or getting a property ready to then turn it into a long-term rental, like what the conversation is today, I don't have that excess cash flow going out the door that maybe I've, you know, I've spent to put my down payment out. Maybe I've spent to, to do the uh, rehab. I, maybe I need a little bit of freedom in there. And that lack of payment structure gives me a lot more flexibility. And I yeah. see that as one of the conversations that most of our real estate investors really love about it. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, and I think the other part is when you have access to cash, and you're a real estate investor, opportunities are much more abundant um, and or you're much more competitive. 
And I mean, this is kind of timely because we're talking about real estate in 2021. And it's like, it's like holding on to sand right now. I mean, the number of deals that are uh, hitting the MLS that are sold the same day with multiple offers well over listing price. If you don't have cash, you're at a huge disadvantage. Mm. And so uh, now granted, I think investors are typically finding their deals off market because they're getting them much lower than retail and so on and so forth. But cash allows them to move quickly. And uh, I mean, you and I, Russ, we, we're operating off of a line of credit with our, our policies now and can literally write a check from, from that line of credit today. So we've even taken the three to five days. It's a normal, you know, to get access to your, your capital and a policy and, and truncated that. So those are, those are things that are inc incredibly important for real estate investors. All right. So Ernie, let's, let's jump into this. I'm, I'm trying to find why doesn't this make sense, right? Why, why would somebody just want to do long-term rentals as opposed to long-term rentals and cash value if you can come up with a reason? I think a reason is because they haven't heard about using cash value or haven't understood it. Mm. Okay. Well, then make, make it make sense to do it the opposite way. Yeah. Well, I don't know if I can make it make sense, but I can, <laughs> I can share some thoughts as I meet with people and we're talking about this. We, we draw all the time on a whiteboard. We have cash and we have the deal and we use cash to go get the deal. So money goes from the left to the right, and then the deal creates cash flow. So cash comes back from the right to the left. So the whole idea is, where's the cash coming from? Where's it coming back to? And one of the things that we talk about is it's not all free and clear cash flow. Yes, we, we do pay the mortgage, then above that, in long-term rentals, we want to set aside money for taxes. We want to set aside money for capital expenditures. We want to set aside money for vacancy. So we're taught in the real estate investing world to set aside money. Well, where is that sitting? Oh, it's sitting in a bank account. What's that? What, what is that money doing for you in the bank account? Taking a nap. Not much. It's, it's accessible if a need arises. So the ability to put the cash, source it from an insurance policy, and then make loan repayments, that's just such a better place, more efficient place to store cash for those things. Okay, I've heard enough about infinite banking. I'm pretty sure it's a fit for me and my family, Russ. How do I get started? Let's take that pretty sure and make it darn sure. Reason you do that is that you get clarity, Joe. You need to get on a 15 minute call with one of our coaches at wealthwellstreet.com forward slash free call. Then you'll know where you're starting from and where you're headed. And only then can you implement the infinite banking process. All right, so go to wealthwellstreet.com forward slash free call to get that 15 minute conversation, gain clarity. But now let's jump back into today's episode. I, I love that. Let's break that down because I think that is often missed. And a lot of things that we do, we, we allocate dollars for a purpose and we say, Oh, well, we can't touch those dollars. Those are the reserve dollars in this example for a vacancy uh, for a future a maintenance expense that we're anticipating, right? And as real estate investors, we know these things are going to happen. We don't know when they're going to happen and we need to be prepared. And so we just, you know, like without even thinking unconsciously put the money away, as you said, and in just into checking accounts. And we let those dollars rot for our benefit 
but obviously the banks are not letting it right. They're putting it to work. And so what you gave an example is, well, why couldn't you take those same dollars and shove those into paid up additions riders on policies and allow those dollars to sit there as a reserve for that specific policy until needed. But instead of it taking a nap, Joey, it's, it's working. 100%. I mean, it's, it's at work. I'm going to share one other, like uh, a, a case study. I was sitting with one of our clients one time, we were talking through his scenario and he wanted to expand his system to include his, his children. And he was trying to think about like, how do I do that at what time? And th these were young kids, like two or three years old. And so he wanted to get started earlier rather than later. Cause I mean, once you understand this, you always wish you had started earlier. And so when you, you know, this, you have kids, you're like, man, I want to get them started out on the right foot. And so anyways, we started talking through it. He's like, well, you know what? I've got this money that comes in that I keep for CapEx. I keep for vacancy, all the things that you mentioned. He said, why wouldn't I just put that into policies on my kids? I could still access that money. Right. I'm like, absolutely. And so he was able to take that same dollar that is there for a purpose and make it do multiple jobs, which to me, it just compounds this idea of cash value or IBC and long-term rentals, man, you, you've now made a generational impact by using the same, very same cash flow you would have had otherwise, but now it's that much bigger and it makes, even now you have a, a, a talking point with your kids and this is where this money's going. This is how we're going to use it. Anyways, I just thought that was a great example of what we're talking about, how to keep those dollars from being lazy. So Mark, we were having a conversation about this the other day and, and you were breaking down and one of the calculators that exist, kind of how the infinite, uh, infinite banking policy enhances the return. But also through that analysis, you were talking about how when you're talking to a real estate investor, you help them notice something that is really key because a lot of times people use cash for that down payment and, and they, they're really missing out on what's really happening. Would you explain what you were talking about with me on that? Yeah, what, what, what this has really helped me see is you can take the exact same deal, you and I, right? So both of us have just pick a number, X amount of, you got X amount of cash, I have the equivalent amount of cash value. We're both looking at the exact same property and we'll put the same down payment, we'll get the same mortgage, we'll have the same maintenance fee, all that kind of stuff. So all, all of the expenses from the running and the cash flow of the property are exactly the same. But the difference is I'm going to be looking at, well, in addition to all those expenses, I'm going to add a line item to repay my life insurance policy loan, principal and interest. If this opportunity cannot pay for everything and also pay for the repayment of my loan, principal and interest, and give me cash flow, then this deal is a dead bird. It's, it's not good, it's not gonna work because now I know the true cost of that cash. And I see a lot of people, myself included in the very beginning, you're like, well, I've, I've got all this cash, so I'll just go and get this rental property. And oh, look, I'm gonna make X amount of money of, of cash flow. But we haven't accounted for the cost of the replenishment of that cash. And now when you can start to look at it objectively and go, well, this is the true cost of my dollars. And if it's not going to be able to pay for all of that and bring home a few extra bucks, that's not a good deal. And I don't want to do it. And 
one other thing I was just thinking about now is, you know, we talk about the flexibility of the terms. If you are an investor and you're looking at the Burr model, right? I mean, you can, we, we can keep adding R's onto it because it keeps getting longer and longer. But you're talking about buy, renovate, uh, you know, rehab, renovate, rent it out, and then refi it. Well, if you're not familiar with the Burr model, you can't cash out refi that renovation for six months. There's a seasoning period. So who's going to be making the payments on the loan for those six months? Who's going to be paying for that while you're waiting for it to get renovated, waiting for it to get rented? Oh, hey, if I use my life insurance loan, do I have to make payments on a schedule? No, I'm the bank. I make the schedule. I can defer those payments and wait for those systems to return. So now you've put yourself that much farther ahead than your competitors. That's such a great point. JD, what's your thoughts? Like, obviously this is something that you, you work with a lot of real estate investors and what, what are some of those stories that you could share with someone who's considering whether or not they should be using life insurance to help them enhance their, their real estate investing portfolio? Yeah. I mean, um, being a real estate investor myself as well, uh, the, the, some of the things that I, and I mentioned this earlier when I was, you know, kind of tongue in cheek about carnitas, but like the, <laughs> the, 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 the things that, that I like and love about real estate, when you buy real estate, you know, are, I get appreciation, right? I get equity, I get cash flow, I get real tax benefits, right? Not just a deferral to have to then pay back, but real tax benefits. I get, um, uh, cash flow, I get, uh, in a hedge against inflation, like I get a ton, a bunch of really large, tangible benefits. Well, on the life insurance side, I get all those same benefits as well. And so it's fascinating about using IBC with real estate is it creates this dynamic to where I'm able to take $1 and now I'm turning it into $2, right? Meaning I can have that, that dollar working and earning inside of the, the policy and it's also working and earning inside of the, 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 the real estate transaction that I'm making. So outside of a life insurance policy, I'd effectively have to have $2 in order to accomplish that, right? I'd have to have money sitting in like a CD or something earning some arbitrary interest rate. And then I'd have to have a separate dollar to be able to go out and actually buy a piece of real estate. And I'm able to do that. Yeah, clone dollars, right? I, I'm able to do that, right, with just, with just $1. Um, and to me, I just think that is, it's, it's, it's so amazing how perfectly intertwined these two particular assets are, um, and how well they really do work together. One of the things I've seen too, within this is that when families start learning this process, they're able to maybe partner their skill set of being a real estate investor, because that is a, you know, that's an acquired skill. There's a lot of people who haven't learned how to how to make money in the real estate area. But some of the ones that, that are learning tend to be a little bit younger from, um, and, but yet when the younger you are, the less capital or access to cash you have. And when you, you think about like the parents who are trying to figure out what am I going to do with my money, right? You got a lot of people right now that are, you know, at the edge of retirement and they're so fearful to leave their jobs because as soon as they do cash is going to end, that cash flow is going to end regardless of where they've been accumulating money, they still don't see the right in the wall of how that turns into cash flow. And what we've seen, which I think is really awesome, Joey, is 
we're, we're seeing families who are getting this concept and you get the older generation that are now buying policies on kids. They're, you know, they're adult children, the investors, and they're taking their capital. And now the, those kids are able to use those dollars as, as that bank, as that banking source that otherwise they would have had to go and borrow money from a traditional bank or from a hard money lender or wherever it may be. And now those returns are creating cash flows for the parents who really need cash. They need that access to money. And the kids are getting access to the dollars that maybe they wouldn't be able to, right? They're not able to source that capital maybe as early or as easy as they would want to. And I just love to see how that's coming together. Well, and I, I would add to that, the there's a an element, and gratefully we're not to this point in our family yet to where, you know, the older generation is is lacking in some cash flow and as a younger generation you feel this need and obligation to want to take care of your parents let's say but in the event that you could utilize this in almost like a, a business partnership sense like what you're talking about now you can maximize the cash flow that's going to that other generation because think about the alternatives right if I can invest, if, if the older generation can invest in that younger generation business, the knowledge and all the things that they have, they'd be able to make 10, 12, 15% on their money from a reputable source, i.e. their son or daughter, right? <laughs> and now they're able to get that cash flow back at a much higher rate than if they'd use something like an annuity or a CD or one of these other things that they, they would have known about, you know, from their time frame. And subsequently, that younger generation is building a business utilizing OPM, right? Other people's money, but it's somebody that knows and trusts them already. I mean, th this is a beautiful partnership if we can do it right. And I think IBC is uh, is a perfect vehicle, not to mention the fact that the death benefits that are created from this just perpetuate it. It just becomes a much longer term thing than just this, you know, one off type of scenario. Well, if I mean, we've talked about family banking a lot on the show and, and how generationally we want to build wealth within families. Well, first, you got to get the wealth flowing you got to get it centralized in a place that the family can use you got to create rules got to bank, create banking rules and if i was going to lend money to a son or daughter for real estate i'm going to need to they're going to have to show me a business plan they're going to have to prove to me that it's a good deal but here's the alternative is that older generation let's call them gen one typically has their money just sitting in a checking account so if the kid doesn't get the money from uh, from the parent they end up borrowing the parent's money from the bank <laughs> Right. It's all and, one and the, pool and the, of money. And the banks keep the difference between what they're not paying Gen 1 on the money and what they're charging Gen 2 to borrow it, if they will allow them to do it. Yeah. If, you know, if they can meet all those requirements. And so I, I love that. By the way, just as a re quick reminder here, if you're not part of our inner circle, you're missing out not only on this conversation live, not only on the fact that we're about to go into the inner circle and we're going to do a case study where you're going to see the power of cash value and long-term rentals and what that's going to do for you. But we also have, you just re reminded me, IBC 201, like the next level of implementing infinite banking is included as in your course. inner circle as a course. And there's a family banking course within IBC 201. So you get all that. If you haven't joined, you have no reason not to. We have a free seven-day trial as it stands. Go to wealthwithoutwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle, and uh, we'll see you there. All right, 
Mark, as we start to wrap up here, final thoughts on this subject matter. Love it. This is my jam. This is my foundation. This is how I got started. JD. Um, I am, I'm a big fan, uh, big fan. I, uh, to me again, it's, it, it goes back to food and this is, this is, this is like carnitas on top of a Mexican burger. It is so good. Um, and, and if you're not doing anything with your IBC policy, at a minimum, you need to be doing it with, with real estate. Ern? I'm just thinking about the, what you just said about if, if gin one, is not lending the money out of the checking account to Gen 2, then they're going to the bank and the bank is just lending Gen 1's money. Okay, so they, yeah, they keep the interest, but what, but what also fees to originate those loans mm. and, and how much more profitable could Gen 1 be if they charge the same, same fees to Gen 2? Or how, how much of a better deal could Gen 2 get in the family if those fees didn't exist? Well, and I mean, who else do you want to be investing in? Don't you want to be investing in your children, right? Don't you want to see them create an opportunity? And, and this isn't about a gift, right? Sometimes we're talking about family banking at this moment. Sometimes people get a little bit like creepy on that. Like, wait a second, you know, <laughs> I've seen or heard how those deals goes down. No, those weren't loans. Those were gifts, right? And I think that's one of the things that sticks out to me is that when we're in a position where we have cash, and we go to borrow money, we borrow money because we want to. Right? We were we were talking to somebody just about this this week, and and, and it was like, you know, I, actually I chose to, to borrow the bank's money because right now the, the rates are just so low. And I said, isn't that awesome that you had the ability? You have the ability to make that choice. Most people are never in that in that position. They have to. And if you you think about this, do you want to lend uh, money to someone who wants it or someone who needs it? Right. Cause the person Definitely who wants. needs money, the person who comes to their parents and like, Hey, I need a loan. We really need it. <laughs> we got what you know, fill in the blank going on. We know that that's not a loan. What is yeah, that? That's a gift. That's a gift. Let's call it a gift. Let's reclassify and call it a gift. But when, when somebody says, Hey, look, I'm starting a real estate business. I think there's really a good opportunity. Here's what I've learned. Here's what I've done so far. Here, here's the, the deal structure that a bank or a hard money lender would give me. I want to give you first that opportunity. That's someone that's who, a totally different conversation. That, that, is, that is a completely different situation. And we know that that can enhance the returns on the insurance policies. Final thought, Joe, man, I, I just, I'm just so stoked up about infinite banking is a game changer you couple that with a, a proper strategy for wealth building uh, through any of the different things we talk about, especially, but through real estate, it just is dynamic. It's a, it's a, it's definitely like carnitas on a Mexican burger. So thank you for that analogy. By the way, if you listen to any other infinite banking uh, folks out there, they will never use that analogy. It is unique to JD Hill. So JD, thanks for that. man. That's right. Yes. Yes. And also thank you for listening to this podcast. Thank you for trying to get closer to financial freedom and challenging your own mindset to determine whether or not combining life insurance, cash values, and loans against those to buy long-term rentals is what you want to do. As Joey said before, we're going to do case studies right now in, in inner circle. So we've got to let you go, but you always have a chance to come back 
to watch the replays of these videos to see how it enhances the returns because it is amazing by the way when you are using the cash values it will enhance the returns significantly i think we're going to show an example where it goes from about 11 percent to 115 percent or more and that's just a really cool aspect that we get to have a uh, good chance to share with those in the inner circle hopefully you'll join us as joey said at wealthwallstreet.com forward slash inner circle thank you for listening have an amazing day this has been the wealth without wall street podcast don't forget to subscribe to the show to break free of the wall street mindset and begin building wealth on your own terms in places you understand so that your wealth will never run dry See you next episode.